now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. Hello and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings, the first one for 2023. This is our third shot at attempting to start this show. I keep getting tongue-tied. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. Happy 2023. And we are starting the year with the first roundtable of the year. And joining us is our usual suspects, one missing. Len Aberman couldn't make it, so... Uh, we have a special pinch hitter guest for him, uh, but his co-host, Jeff Cohen of Baseball and Barbecue is here. Jeff, welcome to uh, the roundtable. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate it. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. And also joining me, uh, who a guy who started this podcast with me way back uh, in 2010, uh, Mr. Barry Newman. Barry? Hey, Gav. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year to you, Bear. And our special pinch hitter uh, needs no uh, fanfare or announcement. I don't know. You've seen him before on here. He's got his own great Mets podcast called Subway to Shea. His name is Anthony Rivera. Anthony, welcome back to Mets Musings. Gary, thank you for having me on again. Happy New Year's, fellas. <laughs> and uh, if you did not hear the news, Carlos Correa will not be a Met this year as uh, he has agreed to a deal with the Twins pending a physical, which could open up a whole new can of worms for the whole thing. Jeff, your thoughts on the whole Correa mess? Well, you know, it, it might be a blessing in disguise. Obviously, we needed... Correa's bat to protect Alonzo in the lineup. It, it's we're in the same position as we were three weeks ago. You know, it's still it's still Plan A and Plan B. We still we still got Escobar still there, Beatty's still there. It would have been nice to have that nice big bat behind Alonzo, yes, but still, it, it's it happened. You know, not going to go twelve years. There was it might be a blessing in disguise. Why go? Well, you know, it, Twins signed him for six years. The Mets for 12, and I'm there's probably negotiating going there saying we'll give you this, and you know, with, with opt outs and, and extensions and, and maybe thresholds to hit. Apparently, they didn't they didn't agree on that. They took the twins deal, which is fine. I only my only question is why couldn't the Mets offer that same deal that the twins got? But who knows what goes on behind closed doors? Uh, Anthony, your thoughts on this whole uh fiasco. <laughs> Thank goodness it's over. I mean, <laughs> I've had enough of the last three weeks of just sitting through tweets and reporting, fake reporting, fake rumors, uh, verified tweets that weren't even real. It was enough was enough. I'm glad that it's just over with. Uh, I said that, you know, I wouldn't buy anything until I got the tweet from Jeff Passan. He made a tweet today and now Korea is a twin and, you know, I, I'm disappointed, just like a, a lot of other Met fans. But this doesn't like break my heart. This one doesn't tear me like apart, like what happened with Jacob Degrom. This was uh, more of a luxury 
Carlos Correa would have been more of a luxury piece. It's like, oh man, we got Carlos Correa too. Awesome. Now that we don't have him, you know, I I'm okay. And you know, I know that a lot of Mets fans are upset because this, they felt like this was the piece that was going to put them over to the top to the World Series, and maybe it was, but it's not the end of the world. They still won 101 games without them, uh, without him, and they put together the same team that they did last season, except with a, a few tweaks. So we'll see what happens moving forward, and um, you know, you gotta be excited for what we do have with the Mets going on, and I fully back if they go with Eduardo Escobar and Brett Beatty at third base. It's all about the name in the front. That's 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 the most important thing. I, I think you make a good point, Anthony, that it it, it was a piece, but it wasn't uh, like the 86 team needed Gary Carter. That was the final piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, this puzzle is not that off. It's, it's not that bad. Uh, uh, yes, they could use another another bad or whatever but uh uh yeah i i don't think it's heartbreaking barry uh i know you weren't in favor of the deal from the beginning uh how about your thoughts let's just say i was never in love with the signing from the start it never made sense to me to give that player a very good player but certainly not in the mike trout category 12 years at 350 million dollars and put him at a position that he's never played in the major leagues. It just never made sense to me. Also, the fact that Lindor endorsed him. Well, he also in, he endorsed Javi Baez, and we know how that turned out. Also, to me, the Mets need to be more like the Atlanta Braves. And instead of buying every free agent just because they have the money and the owner to do it, Lock up their own players, lock up Alonzo, lock up McNeil. And finally, even though I'm thrilled that we no longer have the Wilpons as our owners, and it is Uncle Stevie, just because they have the money to spend on anybody and everybody doesn't mean they should. I never wanted the Mets to become the Steinbrenner Yankees of the late 70s and early 80s. So... When all is said and done, the Mets did win 101 games. And basically, the team that putting on the field for 2023 is about the same as the team they put on the field for 2022. The players that they brought in are replacing players like Verlander's in for DeGrom, David Robertson is in for Lugo, Senga is in for Bassett. Uh, Quintana is in for uh, Tyon Walker, and they re-signed Nemo, they re-signed Edwin Diaz, so they're going to come into 2023 with a pretty good team. And as we all know, if we didn't know, the Phillies certainly showed us last year, the playoffs are a crapshoot. The Mets could be 160-2 going into the postseason. They'll still start out 0-0. Zero could they use another battle? Oh, of course they could. And they still could get one. Maybe not on the level of Korea. But to me, it, it just never made sense, at least to get that player. There are other players out there that will fit them and will help them. And I'm sure we'll talk about that over the next few minutes. Yeah, um, well, th- you bring up an uh, excellent point there uh, about getting other players, but uh, 
also the the point about spending the money i i i'm not convinced well obviously spending the money now but i'm not convinced it's a steinbrenner type with spend i i'm almost convinced and, and anybody can jump in if they have a differing opinion or uh whatever but uh, i'm almost uh of the opinion that he is spending the money now to bridge until some of the minor league players are ready to come of age and, and not, I mean, there's, you know, especially in the pitching staff now uh, in a few years, they expect uh, uh, this guy, uh, Blake uh, Tidwell, I think it is. And uh, Matt Allen's coming back from uh, uh, Tommy John surgery. And there's a couple of other guys that they're very high on that are at possibly, I think high a, or going into double A, and um, I think that's what he's doing now. That's what they're looking at. And when I say he, I mean Cohen, but looking at bridging that gap. And he wants to win now. I mean, he he also wants to win now. But I think they're looking to bridge that gap. Uh, you know, they could lose Scherzer next year. He's he'll probably opt out of his contract. He hasn't opt out for the third year after two years. Uh, I, I'm sure he'll exercise that option. Do they sign him again next year? I don't. What what the heck kind of money is he gonna want? <laughs> uh, you know. But he they have Verlander to overlap, and they have Senga to overlap, and they have. Uh, uh, Quintana to overlap a year, and I'm I I think that's what they're trying to do: bridge the gap to 2024, 2025, and 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 you know hope that their pitchers that they're very high on are ready to go at that point. Uh, uh, anybody can jump right in if you agree, disagree, or whatever. Yeah, they they've only given out two huge deals, right? Francisco Lindor, which is what uh, ten years now uh, mm -hmm. left over on the contract, and the um, Brandon Nimmo contract, which is about uh, eight years. But everything else has been short. Eduardo Escobar, Marcana, two years. Um, even Starling Marte, four years. That that that's not a big deal. Um, mm -hmm. also the pitchers you mentioned, uh, Scherzer's got to opt, uh, opt out after this year, uh, Verlander, two year, three year deal. The Senga deal is a five year deal, but with an opt out in the third year. So the Mets are going to be able to continue to rotate players until the farm system is kind of right, right? Because they're starting to build this farm system. It was torn apart. That's why the Mets didn't make any trades last year. The farm system was torn apart. We have about three or four legit big-time prospects. Francisco Alvarez is one of them, and um, Brett Beatty was the other one in the top 100 of all of Major League Baseball. People forget this. This is of mm -hmm. all Major League Baseball. There are that many Major League prospects better than some of the stuff that we have in our top 10. And that's why other teams wanted more from us. When people get upset that we didn't get David Robertson at the trade deadline, well, the other prospect was better than giving them a Mark Vientos or someone else. If you're not going with Francisco Alvarez and Brett Beatty, you really weren't going to get anything at the trade deadline. And the Mets didn't want to give up anything in their top 20. That's what Billy Epler said. That was in their own top 20. So right. if he's not going to do any of that, they weren't going to get more than a Darren Ruff out of the trade deadline. Anthony is spot on. He's absolutely right. 
The Mets don't have a lot of depth in in the minor leagues. I mean, sorry, Alvarez and Beatty. I mean, Kevin Parada is just a, you know, just drafted him last year. So, I mean, he's number three on the Mets list, but who knows where he is in all of baseball. But Ronnie Mauricio, as you said, Gary, he is tearing it apart in, in uh, with the Dominican League this past season. Uh, but I think he would be the probably the most likely minor leaguer to go in a trade maybe at the trade deadline when you need a, another bat or something, he might be the one most likely to go because he has no position to be at, uh, especially if, if Britt Beatty takes over third base full time. Uh, pitchers, though, pitchers they look kind of weak. I mean, we know last year what happened with, uh, with what's his name? Uh, someone help me out. Oh, uh, Rocker. He uh, he didn't. Uh, that that fell through again. Yeah, yeah with, 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 with medicals. But, you know, yeah, Blake Tidwell coming, uh, Calvin Ziegler, who's supposed to come, Matt Allen, who's been injury prone since the day, first time they uh, they, they uh, drafted him. Uh, he's played, it looks like on, on their uh, prospect ranking, that he's played for 2024-2025. So he's a couple years away. But, yeah, they really need to rev up their pitching in the minor leagues. That's why they have the short-term deals for Scherzer, for Verlander. You get these guys, you're right, to, to bridge – to bridge when the minor leagues fi- finally come to fruition. Barry, any thoughts? Yeah, I'll go along with what you guys said. I, I have no issue with the short-term deals, but there is still a part of me that wants to see more homegrown plays in the Mets lineup, and we'll, we'll see. T- time uh, will tell. I'm not as familiar with their lower minor league system and players as you guys are, there, the the players that the names that we know, the Beatys, the Vientos, the Mauricios, Alvarez certainly look like they uh, will have a shot to be uh, solid major leaguers, and I hope the Mets give them an opportunity, which is another reason why I was so against the signing of Korea, because basically that blocked Brett Beatty. I'm sure he's he's pretty happy today that the deal fell through. Because now he should get a pretty good shot to at least stick on the big league roster, if not be the third baseman for the Mets in 2023. Yeah, it'd be uh, interesting to see he, uh, whether or not he has a good spring. And, uh, you know, he did have surgery on his thumb. So we'll see if that's uh, should be healed, I guess, by by uh, spring training time, but we'll see if it bothers him at all. It was on his right throwing hand. Uh, you mentioned Jeff uh, Maurizio. Uh, interesting uh, thing there in that I I believe, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, that in the winter league, he's either playing a lot of outfield or second base and uh, moving moving around a little bit. Could that be a possibility for the Mets to move, perhaps, move eventually uh, a, a Nimmo to left field and put in a Maurizio in center field, uh, or moving a Maurizio to second base and using a McNeil as a potential trade bait? I mean, uh, you know, we're all speculating here, and... and uh, it could sound stupid now, but uh, you never know with, with the contracts the way they are and, and uh, really with the luxury tax through the roof here, almost at a half a billion dollars. I think it's, what, $400 million with the luxury tax. 
he's going to have to pay this year in payroll. Um, the trades that they could make or not make, uh, what what do you think about some of these guys rotating around at different positions? Uh, I'm not a jumping. I'm not a big fan of uh, rotating positions. I mean, I know it's been done in the past. I know there's been Hall of Famers who've done it who moved positions, but uh, that's really late in the career. I, I I like the young guys to stay stay in one position uh, where they're comfortable. And Ronnie Mauricio, who started as a shortstop, but he grew so much. I don't think he's uh, had the body type for uh, shortstop or second base. Maybe third, um, but to put him in the outfield where he has, I think he struggled down in the minor leagues, which is the best place to struggle would be down in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. You hate to see that struggle in the major leagues. But again, I think he would be the, the first trade piece to go if they were to make the trade in, in the, uh, at the trade deadline. And who knows who's available? We have to see how, what's happening with, with the, all the other teams. I mean, there's teams that could do, who, who's, who could be prospectly do very well, could have injuries. They they start off badly. They don't they don't get their wheels going. So who knows what what's going to be available come come the trade deadline? Anybody else? Uh, this is a good you know conversation. Even going back to what Barry was saying about locking up your homegrown players, and you know I I do think if they're gonna lock up one of their homegrown players, it's going to be Pete Alonso. I think he's the one that's going to get the big deal. You think about Jeff McNeil now and look at what he provides, right? He's very versatile. He could play second base. He could play the outfield. I think he's the best guy to go back and forth between, you know, second base and the outfield. But, you know, that may make him more expendable, right? He's a lot older. Uh, He'll probably command a shorter term deal. And I'm thinking in the terms of kind of what Daniel Murphy got when he went to Washington. In a little, you know, three or four year deal. I think that will be by the time McNeil becomes a free agent, that's the kind of deal that he will get. And, you know, McNeil is a, a better, you know, all around hitter than what Daniel Murphy did. Daniel Murphy got hot at the last end of his Mets career because before that he was, he was an okay, decent player, but he didn't provide what uh, Jeff McNeil could provide. So he may be trade bait eventually. I don't think it's going to be now, but it, you know, if you're looking to improve, you may be able to get some good pieces if you trade a Jeff McNeil. I prefer to keep him, but you know, th- he might be the one. If you're looking at any of the major league roster, he may be the one that gets traded eventually, especially when you have a Ronnie Mauricio uh, floating around there and playing different positions. So you never know. Barry, thoughts? I like to see the Mets go into 2023. Add a piece here and there, maybe a righty DH outfield, fourth outfielder type to uh, split the DH role with Vogelback and maybe pick up a lefty pitcher for the pen. A guy like an Andrew Chapin is still out there. Otherwise, I'm pretty happy with the team. They did win 101 games last year and maybe wait till we get closer to the trading deadline and uh, see what's out there. And then you have a Mauricio or maybe a Vientos, or maybe somebody in the lower minors that you could put into a deal for a piece that you really need. As far as Jeff McNeil is concerned, I said it for years, and it turns out that I was wrong, and I'm happy that I was, but I never liked the idea of him going back and forth from the infield to the outfield, but he's proven it over the past couple of years 
that he can handle with no problem at all. So uh, he's a valuable player on the Mets, and we'll, we'll see down the road. But it would be hard for me to just think of a defending National League batting champion as part of a train. He's a big part of this team. And along with Alonzo, he's the type of guy the Mets should try to lock up. Well, we did trade a uh, Cy Young Award winner for <laughs> a few years back uh, in R.A. Dickey. So I guess uh, anything is game nowadays uh, in this sport. But um, we talked about how a lot of the people that they did sign so far are, are sort of <laughs> replacements uh, for guys that are left. Oh, guys that left, I should say, uh, or threatened to leave, if you will, uh, with the Nimmo or Diaz had an opportunity to leave and they stayed and signed uh, new contracts. Um, is this team as it's constituted now as good or better than the team last year? Is, uh, for instance, is is Quintana better than uh, a Bassett or Walker in the lineup uh, in the in the rotation? Is Senga going to be uh, better than uh, the same two guys? Uh, uh, is Verlander going to be uh, as good as DeGrom? Uh, odds are, I'd say that was a wash. Um, but um, is this team as good as the team that won 101 uh, games next year? And there's no way of knowing, of course. Uh, but but on paper, let's just say, is this a stronger team than we had last year? I, um, I can tell you this: they're stronger at catcher. Just uh, it's an upgrade for Narayas just to take place of McCann, who McCann never just worked out. I mean, sorry for. I mean, I hope he does well in, in Baltimore, but it just didn't work out for him in New York. Mm -hmm. uh, I know he's very charitable and great for the community, but just as, as a, a player on the team, he just didn't. And I I thought his defensive was not not as great as they thought it was going to be. I saw a lot of pass balls and, and thought that, that uh, he was better defensively. So Navarre is a, is a good pickup. I think he'll be, he'll be better than and just hitting. Anybody can be hit better than, uh, than the can. And I, I think uh, Navarre and, and Nito will be good, uh, you know, apprentice, you know, help, help uh, Alvarez, you know, come into the major league, you know, teach him the nuances of catching. And I, like I said, uh, I think Alvarez should be on the on the team the whole year because I like to have a third catcher. He can DH from the right side and just be able to catch the the pitchers in the bullpen just to know what kind of stuff they're throwing to get comfortable in the bullpen rather than than in the real game. So I I, I hope I hope Alvarez sticks uh, on the team the whole year. Though I, I can see him going to minor league just to uh, at the beginning. Yeah, I think he should start the season in the minors and play every day, and then as the season unfolds, then maybe you bring him up. What they did last year was really not fair to him to bring him up for that last series in Atlanta. That move I didn't understand at the time. I still don't. But, Jeff, I agree with you. The Mets definitely upgraded the catching position with Navarro's and Neo more than likely splitting the time. As you said, uh, James McCann was an absolute bust as, as a Met, even defensively. But we had heard he was a solid defensive catcher. 
and he was anything but while he was in net. So just on that, uh, the, the team is better. As a whole, I guess a lot of it will depend on Sanger because you just never know with these Japanese pitchers. He could be Yu Darvish or he could be Hideki Arabo. We'll we'll see soon enough. Yeah, this this team winning um a hundred and one games last year, it is extremely difficult to win a hundred games in a season. They've done it four times in 60 years four so i see them taking a step back only because they've won this 100 games i thought even if they brought back the team as is right the team that won the 101 games i thought that they, that team was going to take uh, a step back and now even with these new guys i mean there's going to be obviously some change going around with with you know the pitching staff and the bullpen so they may not win 100 games. Maybe they'll win 98 games or 95 games. I thought that there were better teams other years, like the 99 team or the 2006 team. Those teams didn't even get to 100 wins. So I, I do think the team is going to take a step back. Not as bad as what people think. They're going to play everyone in Major League Baseball next season, so we don't have to play the Braves 300 times. <laughs> we don't have to pay, pay <laughs> the Phillies and the Marlins don't have to ruin our lives for you know the, the times we play them. They're going to play everybody. And uh, we get to play those stinky teams out in uh, you know like the Oakland Athletics and half of the Central that doesn't participate unlike the Cardinals and and sometimes the Cubs and Milwaukee does, you know, they're going to get to play all these teams and everyone else is going to do the same thing. So it's not just, you know, the Mets are going to have to play, you know, Houston and the Yankees and the Dodgers. Everyone is going to play them in the division. So it, it might be a little change. It might be for the better. And what we saw with uh, the Phillies is that you can still get in third place and still make it to the world series. So like Barry said earlier, what matters is, how hot you are going into the postseason. You know, I, I heard a great saying saying, uh, you're not buying a pennant. You're shopping for a pennant yeah. because <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> and, you know, and yeah, just getting to the playoffs, you, it's the hottest team is going to uh, gonna come out. I mean, just like the Phillies did, you know? Yeah. And and the Phillies made some moves that, that could help them. Uh, in a regular season, they shored up their bullpen, which was a, uh, a terrible in the beginning of the season. They they did tighten it up uh, by the end of the year and in in the playoffs especially. But uh, uh, they've shored that up, and uh, they signed uh, um, help me here, Turner, 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 yeah, uh, and, for, and, and, and Walker, and Walker to, to solidify their. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the good point was that when Anthony made it, we only played him thirteen times. They can't, they can't, they can't. Uh, yeah, they can't kill us nineteen times. <laughs> Did, didn't they also sign the closer uh, from? Oh yeah, that's right, the Kimbrel. Dodgers. Kimbrel, yeah, Kimbrel, yeah, yeah. Kimbrel. yeah. So that would be nice to play against him every yeah. every so often. Although yeah. the Marlins did sign Met Killer uh, Gene Segura. He always kills the Mets. <laughs> but only for Mets, we're waiting for Dom Smith to have his triumphant exactly return. Right. Ten, so That's right. It's going to be fun times in the NL yeah. East. <laughs> but only 13 times, so. 
Yeah, and uh, the only problem with that is we're going to see med killers on all all of the other teams too that yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, could come back to haunt us. We may even see Jacob Degrom uh, the once once in August. My guess, oh August. Well, he might be back from an injury by then. Right. So, <laughs> uh, you know, you never know with him. Well, uh, Billy Epler has the city field of. Third week of May, so mark your calendar for that series. <laughs> okay, and where did it? Syndergaard went to the the Dodgers. Dodgers, yeah. Dodgers. Yeah, back out to. I guess he liked it out in L.A. <laughs> yeah. Well, they needed mm-hmm. someone to replace uh, Trevor Bauer. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> who's available? By the way, <laughs> just saying, <laughs> I'm not going to get him, but. I I think someone will, but you know, but that's not a story. I you know what? I think you're gonna may by the trading deadline, let's say somebody's gonna pick him up, I think. Yeah. Somebody'll need someone's a gonna be desperate for pitching. And they will uh take a chance and sign him and either, you know, tie him up after mm-hmm. every game so he, you know, and, uh, and, ho- and hold their nose. <laughs> And warn the women folk to keep yeah. the doors locked at night. <laughs> you know, uh, one thing I was I was listening yesterday, and there was a, a report. You know, the the new rules for the pitching. They have uh, fifteen seconds when nobody on base, and twenty seconds when someone is on base. I heard that maybe there's four hundred pitches. I think maybe thirty are pitchers who can pitch who are used to pitching with fifteen seconds and less. So you know, this is a uh, <laughs> this could be interesting adjustment. Well, maybe it's better for us that we did not sign Chris Bassett then, because he took maybe. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Imagine Steve Traxel with these rules. Yeah, <laughs> um, that'll be interesting to see as well, because uh, we could lengthen the games with all of these. You know, they're doing this to shorten the game or uh, or is the thing now to shorten the games or to quicken the pace of the action? Uh, I'm I'm confused with what they're trying to do now. I, I think to uh, quicken the pace, I think to quicken the pace, although I think that rule where the pitcher only has two disengagements from the rubber and the third time they have to pick them off or uh, it's a balk. I think that's going to be tweaked, uh, maybe midseason. I mean, I, that just that's just so unfair. You have that mind game, that cat and mouse game with the with the runner on first. I mean, how you know? Yeah, he, he knows after two pitch after two pickup throw, he's going. That's right. Yeah, it's going to put a lot more pressure on the catchers, uh, and the base is going to be bigger too. Yeah, yeah. And well, maybe I, I that's don't... a good thing because it'll give. The game with a, a little more action, these true outcomes, you know, it, it, it's a bit much for, for me. And I mean, still baseball, still the national pastime. And along with now the, I guess the shift is no longer allowed. So players will actually have to, at some point, which they should be doing already, learn to hit to the opposite field. But now it's not as, uh, much of a, of a necessity with this with shift being outlawed. I mean, I had no problem with the shift. It should have been the the players adjusting to it instead of just doing away with it. I, I really don't understand why they they felt the need to do that. 
And I definitely think that the pace of the game needs to be to be picked up. How does this rule with the only being able to throw over the first base twice? Well, I don't I don't get that one either, but I I guess we'll see how how it unfolds before passing any judgment on it. But I don't like it. I'm I'm befuddled by the bigger bag. I don't see the point behind it. Uh, they they're changing the coatings on the bag, which they needed to do because those bags are ridiculous and in, in wet weather they're so slippery. Uh, but you know, if, if anything, what they should have done is put a base uh, on first base. They should have put one in foul ground and uh, you know, just kept it the same. So actually, the distance is not going to be ninety feet anymore. Correct? I mean, it's going to be uh. Whatever it's, I, I, I think it's still 90 feet. I think they measured from the middle of the base to the middle of the base, so it's still 90 feet, but in no practicality, it's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Billy Epler has definitely gone out and uh, done some job in the offseason. Uh, do we want to grade the front office so far this offseason to what they've done and accomplished so far? Uh, I, I think you got to give them uh, pretty much a B plus or an A minus so far. Um, they filled all the holes uh, and uh, I'm not all the holes that they had, but the key holes, they had to uh, fill that rotation. They had to sign demo to fill the center field spot and the leadoff spot. Uh, in my estimation, that was probably the biggest signing of the uh the off season, even though he just, you know, came back, but, uh, they had to do that. And, uh, any thoughts on that, Anthony, you want to start us off? Yeah, I'm in agreement right around, you know, a minus B plus. I mean, look at how quickly they pivoted after losing Jacob deGrom. You know, we were all upset all weekend long about Jacob deGrom and Monday, they have Justin Verlander and yeah. you know, mine is how old he is. Cause that was my concern, uh, him getting up there, it, it, you know, right around 40 now and how much can he continue to produce the way he does, but he is a Cy Young award winner. He's a world champion. And I thought it was a great ad, uh, in, in bringing him in. It, it wasn't the route that I was wanting to go. I wanted to Grom back, but I, I understand the whole situation and, you know, at least we got Verlander out of it. And, you know, in past years, who were we going to get? Maybe Johnny Cueto or something uh, to, to be the top end starter. So the Mets pivoted and they got the next best option, right? Because he mm-hmm. was the top guy out there in free agency for the rotation. They didn't bring back Taiwan Walker. They went out and got Jose Quintana. They didn't bring back Bassett. They got Sang. Like you said, they got everything they needed to get done because they had a whole lot of work this offseason. They had to replace four-fifths of the rotation. They had to rebuild the bullpen. And they had to bring back Brandon Nimmo or get another offensive piece that was going to replace his production. And instead, they brought him back, which I'm extremely happy about. And I, I think he will, you know, just having him be that long-time, long-term Met, which I thought it was going to be DeGrom, uh, having it be Nimmo, who was... Yeah, the more and more you look at what Nimmo has done in New York, the more he's more of a New Yorker than Jacob Degrom was. If you, you know, you look through his career and you you've seen the things he's done off the field too, 
you know, he he behaves more of a New Yorker than Jacob did. And, you know, not to saying that being quiet is not there, but you can tell everything that had happened since all the, the, the news that we heard on Jacob deGrom leading up to this and, you know, even after he signed, he didn't really want to be here. But Nimmo wanted to be here. So, you know, that was very important. Where they go, and, and then going to try to get Carlos Correa, you know, I saw some people on Twitter say, you know, bring back the Wilpons just because they didn't get Carlos Correa. <laughs> I mean, he, he would not have even been involved in right. getting Carlos Correa in the first place. So, I mean, I, I know a lot of Met fans are disappointed, but, you know, to go back and, and want the Wilpons back or saying LOL Mets. I mean, also the Giants didn't sign him to a 13-year deal, and they were lauded for that, for not giving this injured player this big mega deal. But when the Mets do it, it's LOL Mets. So it, it's just a crazy thing. Billy Epler, like I said, uh, A minus B plus. But the real test for him is at the trade deadline. What is he going to be able to do at the trade deadline? Because last year wasn't too good. And that, that's where I'm going to grade him, you know, eventually. So how he pieces together the rest of the bullpen, how he pieces together the bench and how he does at the trade deadline is the real importance because getting the big ticket items is easy when you have the richest owner in baseball. <laughs> Gary? Yeah, B-plus is about where I would put the grade for the Mets offseason acquisitions, like you guys said, and I'll double down on it as well. The plays they lost were replaced with plays of equal or maybe even a little better ability. Same as a key as the replacement, I guess, is now he would be considered the third star. If he's re if he's the goods, then I think the Mets are they're in pretty good shape anyway. I mean, they do win 101 games. And like you guys said, the bullpen could use another arm or two. The lefty from the Rays who had a really good season, and I won't even try to pronounce his name, but you, you know who I mean. Uh, a second lefty in the pen would certainly be helpful. Would be helpful to them. I mentioned Chapin. And I even saw something a little while ago where they, they were looking at the possibility of bringing Zach Britton in, and he hasn't pitched in forever. But on a short term, maybe one year deal wouldn't be wouldn't be the worst move and yeah they could use another bat like you guys have been saying but it doesn't have to be Carlos Correa a righty fourth outfield a righty DH maybe a a Trey Mancini or possibly an Adam Duval would be a nice acquisition and and uh Anthony I heard you say you saw on Twitter that there were people that were tweeting that they wanted the Wilpons brought back and I have sworn that I would never open a Twitter account. But just to see that makes me want to possibly rethink that. Yeah, people are going all out of their minds on Twitter. I mean, they were going really irrational stuff. I mean, oh, Cohen is a jerk. He should have done this. Please. It didn't work out. Happens. And they were doing due diligence on a guy who's possibly injury prone. Yeah, <laughs> they weren't going to spend 12 years. You want to give 12 to 13 years on a guy who's definitely not going to make it that term. I don't want people were afraid of giving like Lindor this deal or giving somebody. But this is a guy who has an injury history. 
and you're going to yeah. give him that deal. And and the Mets said, hey, we'll we'll still give you six years, a hundred and something mil. What was it, 167 or 175 in, in between that little range right there? And he instead wanted to take the extra, what, 12 mil to go to a team that he's going to be the centerpiece. And as soon as they make it to the playoffs, the Yankees are going to eliminate them like exactly. they always do. Like they always do. Yeah, I, I, I you know what? Was, uh, uh, sorry, Jeff. I think it okay. was Kevin Kernan that I just retweeted right now that said, even last season, that the Twins were the – there was nine teams better than the Twins, and that was with Carlos Correa on the roster. So, I mean, good luck to them because, you know, this – him coming to the Mets and let's say he got hurt, yeah, maybe it would affect the Mets for a little bit, but you go to the Twins and he might – getting hurt might mess up that organization for a decade. So good luck to that. Exactly, exactly. And I, I was going to say that uh, I would give also Billy uh, Apple, you know, A minus, B plus. I mean, he did sign Danny Medwick, Meddick. Uh, you know, he he was go. that the. <laughs> it's, I guess I, you know, I really don't know much about Danny Meddick. Uh, I know he's a uh, he got about a million dollar offer, and I think he's just a backup piece in the minor league, just uh, just in case. But I, I think you know a, a fourth outfielder. By the way. Uh, right now on the Mets depth chart, they do have Khalil Lee on on the forty man roster, which I guess if they brought in a, a Darren, uh, not Darren Ruff, a uh, uh, um, Adam Duval or, or Trey Mancini, I guess yeah. he would be the one to go off. They did uh, bring in the Lacastro too the other oh, day. Lacastro, right? yeah. Lacastro, yeah, Tim yes. Lacastro. Yeah, I think he's on a minor league. He's on a minor league. On uh, a minor league deal. Minor league deal. Mm-hmm. He might factor in as a Terrence Gore type. He, he who could, can actually yeah. hit a little bit. And you know, with, with the bigger bases, you know, you, you know, stolen base is going to be back in vogue, as, as they say. <laughs> Good old time baseball. That's what I like. <laughs> Although I, I do have one prediction. You know, w- without the shift, I think with left-handed batters, I have a feeling you're going to see the left fielder move toward uh, center or or in short right field, just because that wasn't outlawed, was it? I don't think so. I don't know. I know I the infielders know. have to be uh, on either side of the base and, and on the on the dirt. Well, but I don't they, know about the outfielders. I, you know, I'm not sure because they did. I think it. You have to have like four fielders or three, whatever yeah. it is, on a certain side. So well, that might. The infield. I don't know. Maybe in the no, outfield. No, I think it's be... just in general. Oh, okay, we'll see. I'm not I sure if anybody at Tampa Bay is going to try to experiment with that. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, we also have, let's talk a little bit about, uh, baseball in general. We also have the hall of fame vote coming up and, uh, you know, again, the controversy is going to rage. Uh, I noticed, I forget who it was now. Somebody, uh, put their vote, uh, publicized it. I believe it was on Twitter and, um, Oh, I wish I remember who it was. It Ken Rosenthal. Anyway, he only voted for two guys. And, you know, again, uh, you can vote in order, I think, or or you just uh, check off who you want. But 
you know, you have the opportunity there to vote for 10 guys. Why not take it instead of uh, not? But anyway, that that being said, anybody have any, uh, you know, predictions or uh, people they'd like to see get in? I mean, Carlos Beltran? Looking at the rest of this new 2023 class, Anyone outside of Carlos Beltran, I don't think, is going to make it. Matt Cain, Dickey, Ellsbury, definitely not. Bronson Arroyo, Andre Ethi, like the none of these guys. Francisco Rodriguez, I don't think, was a great enough closer long enough. I, I think it's just Carlos Beltran out of that list that that would to me make it to. Um, the Hall of Fame. And I know that there's this issue with what happened in Houston. So I don't know how much that's going to factor into people voting. But, you know, I, I don't understand why are all of these riders voting when we're the ones that have to pay to go to the Hall of Fame and go visit. And <laughs> these riders, <laughs> they get they get the opportunity to, to pick these players and, and they base it on personality. And, you know, if they were nice to them in the locker room, instead of what they did on the field. Well, on, on Twitter, there's this guy who, who who compiles all the public votes, public ballots that have been out there. So I'm looking at their uh, the latest tracker. Uh, as of right now, 37.8% of the known votes, known ballots have been public. And only Scott Rowland and Todd Helton has the necessary 75% to uh, get in. But Beltran's at 57.7%. And who knows with all the non-public votes what's going to happen. Um, those are the two I would think I figured would, would go in. My my prediction is uh, it's Fred McGriff. But then we know he's going in anyway because he yeah. voted by the, by the yeah. veteran for me. You know, it, Billy it, Wagner. Billy I mean, Wagner? Yeah, he has the chance. We're we're getting into a time now where you know the well, steroid era was a huge factor. The next couple of years is going to be right that these guys that who were part of the steroid era are still going to be trying to get in, and I don't think they're going to get in. I think uh, maybe it was John Heyman that voted for Jimmy Rollins. Jimmy mm -hmm. Rollins is not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, you know? I know. If David Wright is not a Hall of Famer, mm -hmm. and David Wright had better stats with less at bats than Jimmy Rollins did, and I know Jimmy mm -hmm. Rollins won the World Series, but Jimmy Rollins is not a Hall of Famer. No. Come on. Yeah. No, of course not. Uh, Billy Wagner, by the way, he, right now he's seventy three point two percent, so he he has a, a, a shot. He 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 might you see, make. It. I I have a problem with that though. How can Billy Wagner? get in ahead of John Franco then. Franco's the all-time left-handed leader in saves. Well, how do you bring some... Okay, his numbers are, are almost... You know, they're very close to Franco's. How do you put Wagner in you don't put Franco in? I don't understand. And it's not because he was a Met. I just... I don't understand that. I think it's all the other statistics, not just the saves. It's the strikeouts per nine innings and all the other uh, analytics that go along with it. Yeah, I yeah analytics has becoming big. Last minute research on these uh, Hall of Fame candidates, potential Hall of Fame inductees. And let's just say the list is underwhelming, the names you guys mentioned. And he's probably going to get in, but 
I never, when I saw Scott Rowland play, thought of him as a Hall of Famer. Very good player. Definitely in the Hall of Very, Very Good Player. Jimmy Rollins also the Hall of Very, Very Good Player. The two guys I could make a case for would be Todd Helton. I know he played half of his games in Colorado, but he had 10 seasons where he averaged 30 to 35 home runs. I think he hit 300 all 10 seasons. He, he had a tr tremendous career. And the other guy, and because of the team he played on, and I hate to, to say this, but I could definitely make a case for Andrew Jones being a Hall of Famer. And I looked at his offensive statistics, and they were considerably better than I thought. I know he had that one season where he hit the 51 home runs, but he had a bunch of 30, 35-plus home run seasons as well. And I know that he was on a team that won the division every year. He was a big part of it. So to me, if Helton and Jones make it in, I, I've got no problem with that. I don't think Jones is going to make it. It looks like Helton might just make it. And I definitely, Gary, agree with you. To me, Billy Wagner is, is not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I I uh, I couldn't agree more. And and I mean, if you're gonna put him in, I think you have to put uh, Franco in too. But uh, Franco never got the love that uh, Wagner's getting. And and I, I, you know, Scott Rowland, I I don't see him as a Hall of Famer either. To be honest with you, That's you know, we had this discussion in previous years because if Scott Rowland is a Hall of Famer, and I know their WAR statistics are significantly different, but if Scott Rowland is a Hall of Famer, Jeff Kent is a Hall of Famer too. Well, you know, yeah. yeah, I, I think Jeff Kent is a Hall of Famer in my my estimation. You know what he did in his numbers. Uh, but you know, it's it's a, it's an argument that we all have. Um, Fred McGriff, uh, as you said, Jeff got in. Uh, good to see that. Uh, I was a little disappointed. I thought Dale Murphy might get in. Uh, had some of the best years ever in the history of the game. Dick Allen, he should have gotten. Uh, in. Dick Allen is a lot of. I still think Keith Hernandez probably should get in. He should have gotten in. Although he wasn't the, uh, eligible for this ballot because, and and the, the Veterans Committee ballot this past one because it was only the eighties forward. It wasn't right, anybody right. who started in the, you know in the seventies. So maybe next year, maybe yeah. whenever the ballot turns around. And I think the uh, about what you said about the writers in there and their bias, I'm sure that that plays a big role in why Jeff Kent isn't even going to sniff the Hall of Fame. Because Jeff, where is what percentage does he have so far? He I bet not, it's under fifty percent. It, it, it's less than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah I think the. Uh... The issue with Andrew Jones is his last one, two, three, four, five, his last six years, he didn't hit higher than 222. I think that that totally kills his chances. I mean, he he was one of the most dominant players for a while. And then, you know, those last six years kind of just faded away. He, he couldn't hit anymore. And his defense it wasn't great. He, he, he was kind of that old, is he? was he? No. 
He uh, stopped playing when he was 35. Oh, that's young. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Well, interesting, uh, interesting take on that. And uh, I want to thank all of you guys for taking your time out of your schedule to come on tonight. Anybody have any closing thoughts they'd like to give? Jeff? I think it's going to be a, a good year. Uh, it might not be the 101 wins, and you know what? Nobody should be disappointed by that. It, it It's still going to be a good year. Get into playoffs. Anything will happen. Barry? Like always, this was a rip. I always have fun doing these roundtables. And, Anthony, I think you have a chance to be the Lou Gehrig to Lens Wally Pip. <laughs> this was a lot of fun. I've listened to your podcast on occasion. And I really enjoy it, and I will make sure to listen to it more often. And Gary and Jeff, as always, I had a great time, and I wish the Mets another solid season with a little better ending. And the best of luck to Wayne Randazzo as well on his new venture yes. as the play-by-play man for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, or whatever they're calling themselves <laughs> these days. You mean this week? <laughs> Anthony. Hey, you know, I really enjoyed Wayne. I know I, I, I saw him get a lot of flack, but I thought I thought Wayne was pretty good on the radio. I I, I really I'm really upset that he, he's leaving now. But um, you know, good luck to him, like you said, Barry. Good luck to him uh in Anaheim and now he's got a TV deal. I think after being on what was it, Apple TV, that kind of set it off because he was the best commentator that they had out of everyone else that was there. But <laughs> exactly right. That's exciting. Um, Jeff, like what you said, you know, there was two times in in my lifetime that I thought that the Mets were possibly gonna win it all. 2006 and this year. I mean, I really did think that they were gonna win this year after going I've never seen a team play like this. You know, in my lifetime, I, I I was too young for 80, uh, 88 and I was born two weeks after 86. So <laughs> I didn't get to enjoy any of that stuff. And when they lost, you know, I guess it kind of put things in perspective for me that, you know, play well, you know, get to the postseason and then take it from there. So, you know, I'm not going to get too crazy over what the team is has done and what they haven't done. Let's see it play out. Let's see what they can do. And hopefully it ends up with uh, us winning a world championship, you know, finally for the first time since 1986. But this was a blast. I uh, thank you, you know, Gary, for having me on. Uh, appreciate you, Barry, as well. And uh, Jeff, you know, Jeff's also been on, on the podcast uh, before. So uh, I, I enjoy all you guys and I appreciate you for, you know, letting me pinch hit here today. So I appreciate that. <laughs> well, you're very welcome. And I want to thank you all. And uh, though Anthony you just made me feel old by saying that you were born Anthony 86 world series. Uh, uh, Barry and I are old enough to remember the 69 world series Ooh. and the 86 world series and the uh, 88 playoffs and uh, uh, 2000 and 2015. Of course, everybody remembers uh, but uh, thank you so much. So uh, don't forget Jeff Cohen, uh, baseball and barbecue. It's a terrific podcast. They talk about baseball and they talk about barbecue and what could be better. Uh, you do get a little hungry, though, towards the end of their podcast. So <laughs> that's a warning. Uh, Anthony Rivera, great podcast, Subway to Shea. Please check it off. 
uh, and listen to it. And uh, maybe even I'll be on there one day. I don't know. That's, I got you. I I'm have you on my list. <laughs> I have you on my list, Gary. <laughs> and Barry is always the maven of the Mets. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, I want to thank all of you for listening. And don't forget to listen to the podcast. And if you're watching it on YouTube, please hit the like and subscribe button. Uh, the people at Google like that. And so do I. So uh, please check us out on YouTube. And uh, if you're listening, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and uh, Google Play and wherever you get your podcast, we're there. So uh, uh, please listen. Let's get those numbers up this year. We have a good year. Let's get them up higher. Everybody's numbers should go up with people going back to work and whatever. So uh, uh, please hit those subscribe buttons. That way you'll always know when there's a new edition of Mets Musings coming out. So until next time, remember to keep the faith. Stay optimistic and let's go Mets. And I'm Gary Mack and I'll see you next time on another edition of Mets Musings.